who's doing the intro? Um, I can do it. What's the crack, comrades? Welcome back to Sam and Casey's Movie Club. Um, I'm Casey. I'm Sam. And today is our 10th episode. And so we have something very special in store. This is also, as you might know, the first part of a series. So (laughs) you can look forward to future episodes in which we discuss the later installments. Um, So we are, of course, talking about... Twilight. Yes. Of course. The the greatest... Groundbreaking. Yeah. um, Epic series. (laughs) Yes. Life-changing. Yes. Uh, Let us know if you think we should do Breaking Dawn in two parts or one when we eventually get to that. And yes, so you'll see us over the next like we'll do it for like different milestones so you have to keep listening to get to new moon eventually (laughs) and the others yeah so uh listeners who have listened to our first couple of episodes will know that twilight is a very influential text for this podcast we are always thinking about it when analyzing other media and so what better movie to return to for our very special episode mm-hmm. uh in a way this is like the foundation of our podcast the this is what you should always think about to understand the podcast as a whole um, right yeah yeah it'll probably be terrible it's weird how i didn't know that but <laughs> <Wow>. sure <laughs> i'm glad to always learn more about the podcast that i'm part of mm-hmm. making yeah. yeah okay um <laughs> So, to begin, um, why don't you tell me about your history with Twilight? I obviously, as a teenager, was very into it, but I think not as into it as some people, some people on this podcast, maybe. But, like, I watched all of them. I read all the books. I watched all the movies. I, like, talked about it with my friends. I thought it was great. I thought it was a brilliant piece of media, and I loved it. How about you? What is your relationship to Twilight? A healthy one, I hope. Yes, very healthy. Um, (laughs) So I think, I don't think it was 2008. I didn't watch it in the cinema. Uh, I think it must have been 2009 because it was out on DVD and it was available for rental in Back in the day, if some kids are listening, back in the day, you could go to these shops where you could <laughs> rent a DVD. And so that is what we did. Um, did those exist when Twilight was coming out? Yes. Twilight seems more recent than renting movies, but sure. You could. You could even rent VHSs in some of them. Uh, but this was on DVD. Anyway, so... I knew nothing about it. I had never heard about it. Um, I had never heard about the books. I just saw it and something about it <laughs> just it stood out to me somehow. And I was like, this, this is the movie that we will rent. So I took it home. We put it on. And in the three, like the, the three days that we had rented it for, we watched it every day <laughs> until it went back. <laughs> Uh, I must have been like 12, 13 at this time. And yeah, actually, when did it come out? What year? 2008. So I was nine. And I think I remember seeing it in the cinema. I could be wrong about that. 
Um, so my, my hometown has one cinema with like one room in it that only shows a movie at a time. So I don't think they d showed Twilight. Um, yeah, but anyway, yes. So I do. I want to. I want to mention just so people know this and they don't think I'm a fake goth that I was into vampires way before Twilight. As a child, I was very into vampires. Uh, I tried to read Dracula when I was like nine. I couldn't get through it, but I did try. <laughs> <laughs> I was very yes. into. I was very into the little vampire books. I think they're like German. Yeah, so I was into vampires already, just to clarify. Um, yeah. But yes, so Twilight spoke to me because <laughs> I also felt like an outsider, like right. something was different about me. Um, and also, I don't know, it has a very miserable atmosphere, and I was like, yes. Yeah, I think that was what was really appealing to a lot of people is like you don't see movies that are just kind of generally depressing, especially geared towards like teenagers and teenage girls, mm. which was a nice change of pace. Yes. Well, I think, yeah, you definitely do see depressing movies for adults. But yeah, you're right. Not for teenagers so much. Um, then I don't know. How did you grow out of Twilight? Did you grow out of Twilight? Um. I think I like I wasn't really that into it outside of watching the movies and reading the books like I wasn't like learning about the actors or their lives um I think I just liked watching it and then I put it down and once it was over I was like okay that's it and then moved on with my life but I've always thought it was good like I never went through a hating twilight phase I think a lot of people did um, when they're like older teenagers and were like in their I'm not like other girls era but I always like thought it was good so mm -hmm. oh yeah I forgot yeah. to say but yeah after watching the first movie I like read all the books and then I did see the others in the cinema and blah 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 and this was also my introduction to online communities so up until then I had only used the internet to like look look up pictures on google images and just look at them <laughs> and occasionally youtube <laughs> But nice. then I found out from a magazine, this is back in the day, we also had these things called magazines. They were made of paper. I, never, um, never seen that. I bought a magazine about Twilight and then it mentioned Twilight websites. And I was like, there are websites. <laughs> <laughs> so I joined like these, this Twilight for forum. I was into, uh, there was a few that I made accounts in, but the main one that I was into was called twifans.com. Listeners, if anyone was on that, let us know. Anyway, so that was my introduction to online communities. I had my this first... sounds so dangerous. I was never, like, in an online community. It sounds so sketchy. See, Who was... let you go on the internet? Yeah, the thing about Twilight was there were these things called Twilight Moms. And even one I met who, was, who called herself a Twilight Grandma... And we would very much just all interact, like an 11-year-old and a 50-year-old just talking together, no, like, qualms about age. Uh, certain, like, Twitter users nowadays would be horrified and calling the police. Um, mm -hmm. And they would have some points <laughs> to be <fair. laughs> Because there was like, even like there was, uh, some of the moms would be talking about like more sexual stuff. 
and there was no like don't look at this if you're a minor it was just there and to be fair like sometimes I just did not understand it like they would be like oh we're into Edward because he plays piano so he's good with his hands and I was like what is he gonna do with his hands (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah so definitely formative people love to talk about how bad the internet is nowadays but like we've come so far that sounds like such dark times yeah although i do also before someone contradicts me because i said in the jennifer's body episode that i watched porn at like nine i did but like you there's no much there's not much hand stuff going on (laughs) okay yeah i don't think anyone's gonna hold it against you someone's gonna be like your story doesn't add up (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yes, so then growing out of Twilight was very gradual for me. I just sort of like suddenly realized like, hey, I haven't thought about Twilight in a while. I haven't been on these websites. And I also didn't have the hating Twilight phase. I I wasn't like suddenly super embarrassed about it. It It's just like, yeah, not into that anymore. Oh, and I I had my first Twitter fight. Um, I got involved in this like Harry Potter versus Twilight thing. And someone was like, in my opinion, why do you have to like add to this stupid feud can't they both be good blah 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 and then I got so scared that I didn't reply for six months <laughs> fun time that sounds so fun yeah okay um should we do a little summary or do we expect people to know what Twilight is let's do a quick summary um, a quick summary so if you don't know what Twilight is Twilight is about this girl her name is Bella her mom gets married to this guy and he's like a baseball player um so her mom is like traveling around the world with this guy who wants to play baseball I don't know why you can't do that in one America I don't think it was the world (laughs) anyway there she her mom is off traveling with this guy so she moves to the small town called Forks to live with her dad for a while and in this town um at her new school she meets this guy called Edward they like hate each other initially because she like walks into a room and he looks like he's in pain and he like wouldn't talk to her barely looks at her and she's like what the fuck is up with this guy um and then later she's like about to confront him but he starts off conversation with her and is like sorry for how i behaved before what's your name they start talking um and then there's a whole lot of don't get close to me I'm dangerous but he won't like say why (laughs) he's just like don't be my friend I'm gonna keep like initiating conversations with you and pursuing you but like you shouldn't be friends with me and then she's like why and then oh something I realized on this rewatch of it they go to dinner one time and he tells her that he can read people's minds. But this is before she knows that he's a vampire. So she thinks this is just like a regular guy who can mind read. Is that more insane. out there than a vampire? I don't think so. I think it is because at least with the vampire, like, oh, they probably have other powers going on. Like just one power where you can mind read. It's weird to me. Anyway, they go to dinner. Um, she finds out that he can mind read. Then some other stuff happens. You you forgot the know. accident, which is where she originally was suspicious of him. Oh, yes. There was an accident outside their school. It was like winter, so there was ice on the ground. And in the parking lot of the school, um, some guy loses control of his truck. And it's about to hit Bella. And he, like saves her and like pushes the truck away that was speeding towards her 
um he like he was standing on the other side of the parking lot so he like runs at her at an impossible speed and like stops a truck with his bare hand he like makes a dent like yeah it's very intense and she's like um yeah and when she's in the hostel she like goes to find him and's like explain what just happened and he's like don't worry about it. <laughs> and she was like, no, tell me. We're standing at the other side of the parking lot. You stopped a truck with your hand. Like, what the fuck was that? And he's like, well, no one will believe you. I'm like, okay, dude. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> well, he, he tries to be like, because she did hit her head. So he's like, you hit your head. You're imagining things. And then she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, well, no one will believe you. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Um. So, yes. Then she like does some research or whatever and it turns out she finds out about vampires i guess she oh, didn't they go to <laughs> to be fair they're not entirely conventional like maybe if you wore a cape and like had fangs she'd be like okay um but anyway so no so they go to she and her friends go to la push which is this local reservation where there's a beach blah 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 and while she's there she's talking to her friend jacob and oh my god i found out that jacob in the quebecois version is voiced by xavier dolan why <laughs> yeah jacob is like okay so one, one of jacob's friends is like the cons don't come here and then she's like what does that mean that's very cryptic and then she just researches oh yeah she finds this book and then she decides to Google vampire, which she could have just done in the first place, but I guess she, she wanted a new book. <laughs> and she finds out about them, and then she goes to talk to Edward, and, and it is like, what are you? The, like, what are you scenes? Like, what oh my are god, you? should we recreate it? I don't know it off by heart, because I'm an Oh my adult. god, let me, let me think, let me think. It's like, your skin is pale white and ice cold you move it impossible whatever blah, blah, blah. what are you what is it no, no i know what you are say it out loud say it vampire and then it's like how old are you <laughs> but, anyway, whatever yeah okay <laughs> yeah how long like how old are you 17 how long have you been 17 a while incredible scenes and then it's like are you afraid <laughs> no yeah okay <laughs> Yeah, so she finds out that he's a vampire and she decides that she's not scared of him. All good for her. Um, he's, him and his family are the special kind of vampire. They're like vegetarian vampires, which means they only drink the blood of animals and not people. So yeah, he feels comfortable enough to like introduce her to the family. So she comes over and they cook her Italian food because her name is Bella. Amazing. <laughs> which is very sweet rosalie was being an asshole during that scene it was adorable um so yeah she meets the family there's the baseball scene where the cullens and bella's there they're playing baseball during a thunderstorm because they're good american vampires they play the yes. national sport and they have to do it gender during a thunderstorm because they're so powerful that the sounds of like them swinging the bat and them like running into each other is so like loud. The only thing that would disguise those sounds is a thunderstorm. It's an incredible scene. If you are a person who hasn't seen the baseball scene from Twilight, just Google it on YouTube and watch it. It's yeah. one of the most amazing scenes 
of all time. I think all it's sports movies, perfect. like anything about sports, this is what you should be aspiring to. Absolutely. A perfect scene. Um, yes, yeah, so during this baseball game, um, we meet the three, like, evil vampires that have been terrorizing the town all throughout the movie. We see a little bit with her dad. Her dad's a cop. And we see him talking about, like, mysterious murders that have been, well, not murders, because they think they're being killed by animals, but people who have been killed, and they assumed it was animals, but it was actually these three evil vampires. Um, And so they walk in on the Cullen's baseball game, um, and they're about to, like, join them, but then they realize that Bella's a human because they smell her, because apparently she smells just so great mm-hmm. oh we ha- like, yeah we oh, haven't mentioned so this good. but yeah bella like smells really good and she especially smells really good to edward which is why the whole thing is like fucked up because he really wants to kill her but he doesn't anyway so they realize she's there because there's a gust of wind and then they're like "Ooh, i'm hungry whatever yeah <laughs> and so the whole third act is like her running away from this these vampires who like want to kill and eat her specifically one of them james who is a tracker which means that he's good tracking things (laughs) (laughs) and it's his like passion like that's all he does he Uh, the the thrill of the chase is what makes it good for james so um yeah like he lures her to this ballet studio we should probably talk about their like contrived plan that they have did they have a plan for that so they I had, thought it just happened. Well, not the ballet studio thing, but like before she gets to the ballet studio. So their plan is that Bella and Edward have to split up because James will think that wherever Edward is, Bella is with him. So they split up and then she, well, first she like, t- uh, she pretends that she broke up with Edward and she, that she wants to leave Forks um, because she doesn't want her dad to think that she's been kidnapped or anything. So she does a whole scene where she's like, I don't want to be stuck here like mom. And he's like, oh my god. Uh, that's um, so heartbreaking. Um, I hate that scene. We'll yeah. talk about it more later, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I have some things to say about Charlie. Anyway, and then, <laughs> then she leaves with Jasper and Alice to go to is it Arizona or Florida? Phoenix. Because there's also Phoenix, some Arizona. stuff about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay, yeah. Because then it, later her mom wants to do a move to Florida, but this is Arizona. Yeah. Okay. So she goes to Arizona, where she was from originally, uh, where Stephanie Meyer is from, and they're staying in a hotel. And then she gets this call from her mom, who's like screaming, "Bella, Bella!" And then James is like, "Come to the ballet studio that you went to one time." And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> So she goes there, then her mom is not there, it's just a video. It was just a recording, which, how did he get that? Was it just left in the ballet studio? Okay, no, you, you clearly did not pay attention. So, <laughs> James tells us Sorry. that Victoria, his lover, went to Forks High School and went through the records and found Bella's address in Phoenix. Oh. And then he goes to her house to see what he can use against her to, like, lure her to him and he finds like he finds all these like videos from her childhood i guess i really wasn't paying attention Mm -hmm. um or it was just confusingly written (laughs) (laughs) perhaps it was both anyway and then he gets into like 
like James drop your letterbox he gets into like <laughs> he's like a filmmaker now and he's like we're gonna make a movie <laughs> Yes, and he starts torturing her and filming her, and he like break like breaks her leg. It's very intense. And then Edward shows up and like um, and like fights, tries to fight him off. But before he can do, does James bite her? Yeah. I think while Edward is biting fighting James off, um, he bites Bella, and so the vampire venom is like sinking into her. It's all crazy yeah we um, haven't we haven't explained the vampire mythos at all but anyway so the way vampires are turned is from the venom all vampires are venomous and like it, it only takes like one bite to put the venom into you and then it very slowly moves through your entire body until after like two or three days you are transformed and the process is very painful so this begins to happen mm-hmm. um but carlisle tells um what are their names? Jasper and Emmett to take care of James. They basically rip apart his body and burn it. That's the plan. That's the like only surefire way to kill a vampire. Um, and then he directs Edward to suck the venom out of Bella's arm. Which, okay, side so note. She won't turn. Side note. So it has been established by this point that Carlisle is very in control of himself, has never killed a human. He's a fucking doctor. He's He's around like weak humans and blood all the time. And is able I don't know why he wouldn't just do it. Exactly. So Carlisle is fully able to do it himself, no problem. But he decides to use this opportunity to be like, Edward, my son, this is a It's time to teach you a lesson on your girlfriend who's about to fucking die. So, Wild. Yeah. but he ends up succeeding anyway. He sucks the venom out of her, um, and doesn't and then, kill her. Yeah, it doesn't kill her. She wakes up in the hospital, and her mom is there, um, and tells her, tells her the story that Edward told her, which is that she fell down two flights of stairs and out a window, and that's like a believable thing. Yeah, we haven't mentioned, but Bella's very clumsy, so it's it fits her character. Yeah, so she wakes from the hospital, she talks to her mom, she apologizes. Well, we don't see it, but she mentions that she's going to apologize to her dad, which is very important, because she really fucking hurt his feelings. Uh, oh, and then her mom is like, uh, Phil's Phil has got like signed to this permanent baseball job in Florida so now you can move to Florida I know how much you hate forks and she's like no, no I, I can't love forks. forks yeah even though her like a big outburst like literally that day was that she has to leave because she hates it there but now she loves it there she wanted to stay because of Edward obviously mm-hmm. so they have a conversation i don't remember what they talked about in the hospital Who, either Ed- way edward and bella yeah it was something about like she's like oh i'm alive because of you and he's like no you're in this hospital because of me i'm a monster you should break yeah, up with really me and go to florida this whole, like you should stay away from me thing even yeah. though he won't leave her al- he fucking used to watch her sleep like he won't leave so her fucking alone creepy. um and then but he's like you should stay away from me and then she's also like together. she's like why didn't you just let the venom spread and turn me into a vampire like that's the solution to everything and he's like no I don't want to do this to you it's horrible um yes there seems to be this idea especially from Edward that being a vampire is like a really terrible awful monstrous thing which I don't know where he got that from everyone else thinks it's cool but (laughs) 
anyway and then oh and then she there's this very iconic line where she's like i'm dying every second i get older and i i was watching this at 12 being like that's so this is at prom i yeah i haven't said they go to prom together it's very cute my like ideal romantic like the pinnacle of romantic scenes is when they're at prom and they're dancing in this like i don't know what it's called i think it's a gazebo i think so might not be it's like if you have a carousel and took all the spinning carts out of it that's what a gazebo is cool thanks um yes the like roof of it is like um hung with fairy lights and stuff it looks incredible so magical they're like dancing on under this thing it's amazing and this is where they're having a conversation where bella's like i think you should turn me into a vampire um and edward's like no and then Then he does that fucking thing no he's like okay i'm gonna turn you into a vampire and like she like prepares her neck and he's he's like okay i'm gonna do it and then he just kisses her i would have fucking slapped him I think we all know you would have slapped him. <laughs> um, yeah, so he doesn't turn her. And then the last scene is um, of Victoria, yeah. which is the woman of the like evil vampires that we were talking about earlier. And she's still out there and... No, what I love, them. what I love about so. this is Victoria got dressed up for prom. She had on a nice <laughs> dress. She had this little fur... Like shrug she went mm-hmm. to the prom and then like climbed up just to look at them menacingly through a window nobody even yes. saw her this was just for her her performance like for herself mm-hmm. and then she just leaves i love that i love that for her uh, incredible she's dealing with the grief very well yes so that's it that's twilight yeah the end so, um, why don't we do, like, pros and cons? What do you like about this movie? What do you not like about this movie? I like everything about this movie. <laughs> maybe it's just, maybe it's, like, that I was just in a really good mood when I was rewatching it or something, but I had a genuinely amazing time. I think it's a genuinely good movie. Like, unironically, I think it's great, and I love it. That's nice. Uh, I, I- <laughs> I don't. I did not think it was Why? good. Um, and I think the main problem was I really enjoy talking about Twilight with other people. I think it's very fun and funny uh, to talk about it. And it would have been great maybe if I was ta- like watching it with a group and I was and we were like saying the lines together dramatically and like whatnot. But on my own in my Last bedroom, time we did that I don't think it was that fun. I think I, I prefer watching it by myself. I think it was fun. It just we we it went on for too long. Like after a while, it gets tiring. True, we did try to marathon it. Yeah, so don't do that. But anyway, I like I was on my own in my room. I was trying to like take serious notes for the podcast. It wasn't very fun, and it was so fucking long. Like it's it's it so wasn't. it's so I didn't know it was over two hours long, and it's so slow. It's um, just two hours. It's not over two hours. Like two hours and seven minutes. <laughs> it's two hours and one minute, and most and some of that is credits. Whatever. So it's not it even felt, two hours. It felt really long, but but I did like some things about it. So I will say first of all, in defense of the blue filter, I think the blue filter, as much as people make fun of it, is a good thing. 
does the blue filter need defending? I thought people loved yeah, it. Yeah, no, people people are always complaining about the blue filter. They're like, why is it blue? Um, because Bella is sad. Get some taste. It re- it fits the atmosphere. It's this like gloomy, like dark town. That's what the weather looks like. That's how you feel. Uh, and it's like something interesting. They try to like do something. They try to add something to it. Yeah, it's good. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I also, what did I like about it? I liked. There's also some very interesting camera work going on in this movie, um, which might not be good exactly, but it was definitely <laughs> an interesting choice. Uh, notably, during the like, I know what you are scene, the camera's like spinning all around them. It's going in and out. Like one moment, there's like it's looking at the forest, and then there's there, and then it's a close up, and it's all over the place. Uh, yeah. I love that. They really, like, went out there. They, they Because it's a scene of extreme, like, uncertainty, chaos, revelation, yeah, and the camera and, work reflects that. And they're trying to do something interesting. Like, they're trying something new. I think more mainstream teen movies should aim for this. I think, it's, Absolutely. I think it was good. Um, yeah. What else did I like about it? Oh, so one thing about this movie, the background interactions, every single line <laughs> is gold. Um, let me read off a few of my favorite ones. So uh-huh. when, when Bella arrives at the high school for the first time, she like parks her truck and this guy is like, nice ride. And she's like, thanks. And then she walks away and then the girl who's standing next to the guy is like, good one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Um, Then, what else? What else? Yes, a lot of the dialogue, just hidden gems all over. Oh, look, it's a worm. (laughs) Then the biology teacher, we gotta go, we gotta go. Green is what? Good. Other bus, other bus. (laughs) Compost is cool. Amazing. I love it so much. Uh, and when the biology teacher was giving a, giving out a golden honey, <laughs> yeah. being able to like talk about mitosis, amazing. Yeah. And I really, I don't know if these were scripted or if they were just like, yeah, just do whatever, improvise. Either way, I love it so much. Amazing. Um, yes. What else do I like about it? Oh, there was another scene I didn't want to mention when Bella like first goes to his room and he plays Claire de Lune, and he's like. He's like really embarrassed about it for some reason. And he's like, "Oh, this Debussy, whatever." And he's, she's like, "No, Claire de Lune is cool." And I'm like, okay, which is very different from that scene in the book because I feel like the scene in the book, uh, it, it's very like, "Oh, look at her. She's not like other girls. She knows classical music. She's smart." And he's like, "Yeah, uh, it's Debussy. You probably never heard of it." And she's like, "No, I, I, I heard of it." And he's like, "Whoa." Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there is a little bit of that in the movie it's not like he doesn't think she's an like we don't see him thinking that she's an idiot but like when she says anything he's like surprised that she knows what anything is yeah. like in the restaurant scene where he's i was like, getting to that yeah he was like she was like give me some answers and he's like 1.7 yes, no, to get to whatever. the other side <laughs> yes and and she was like, oh, I don't want to know the square root of pi. And he's like, oh my god, you knew that was the square root of pi. I, I know. Like, she, I, yeah. like, you go to the same classes. Like, she, he probably knew that she knew that. And also, you don't really see this in the movie, but in the books, uh, also in the biology thing, where they're looking through the microscope, and she's like, it's this thing. And he's like, no, it isn't. You don't know anything. And he's like, whoa, it is. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what else did I like? Oh, this isn't a line, but some there's a scene where Charlie and Bella in the kitchen, they're like having a short interaction, and Kristen Stewart, uh, master of physical comedy, uh, she like <laughs> awkwardly holds this glass of water. She like pours some water. She drinks one sip, then she like looks at it, like she's contemplating it, and then she like pours the rest back into the sink. It's just mm-hmm. mesmerizing. <laughs> That's amazing. Incredible. That's a summary of the things that I like about this movie. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk a bit about like book versus movie. Do you remember any differences? No. I read the book such a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote down a few that I remember. This is partly from like my memory from reading the books years ago and partly from my reading of Midnight Sun last wow. week in preparation for this. Let me tell you, Midnight Sun is <laughs> not fun. It's very boring. Why? And he was so fucking annoying the entire time. I really need, I need to, uh, maybe I'll make this for when we release the episode, but the whole time I kept thinking of Jughead's speech where he's like, I'm weird, I'm a weirdo. The whole Midnight Sun is just Edward being like, I'm evil, I'm a monster, I don't fit (laughs) in, and I don't want to fit in. Have you ever seen me without this skin of a killer on? No, that's weird. And yeah, it's really creepy. I've seen, so Sarah Zed recently put out a video about Twilight and in that it was mentioned that like Edward feels bad about stalking her or whatever and that's an improvement. I don't agree. I think that's kind of worse. I feel like if you're doing evil things, like at least feel good about it. (laughs) He feels bad about it when? Like as he's doing it? Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm such a monster for doing this. I'm so creepy. I'm like, then stop doing it. Like, literally whatever um and yet so another very creepy thing about him that we really get in the book is that he is he very much thinks about teenagers as children Mm. so like I feel like one like you could be like oh but yes he's 109 but really he's like he's still mentally 17 whatever but like he isn't he very much he's like these are children but not Bella she's special she's mature for her age so oh, fucking no. creepy. It's it's bad. I don't why like did why did she do? I'm talking about Stephanie. Why did she write that then? Like why did she write it like that? I don't. Like, she didn't need to. If we no. didn't know his perspective, we could have we could have not known that. Yeah, bad. Don't like it. Um. Anyway, do I have anything else to say about Midnight Sun? Not good. Uh, one thing I found out from Midnight Sun is in that scene, in the baseball scene, Jasper, we haven't mentioned anybody else's powers, but Jasper and Alice also have powers. Um, and I don't think I can remember anyone's except for Alice's. Yeah, so Alice can see the future and then Jasper can manipulate people's feelings. He's like a super empath and he like knows what you're feeling and he can also influence mm. your feelings. Uh, and one cool thing he does during the baseball scene is he uses that as a kind of camouflage. So he projects this feeling over himself and Alice and Bella and someone else of like, this is totally boring. You don't want to look over here. So the other vampires like have no interest. Like they don't even look over at Bella. So they don't notice her until they're like forced to by the gust of wind. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, 
That's something that I think the movies did kind of a bad job of portraying, like how much was going on with their powers. Mm-hmm. Like so many plot points were like due to what was going on, like not physically, like in people's minds and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think they could have portrayed better. Yeah, part of this, and this is, I'm going to get really nitpicky about the movie just for fun. So here's everything wrong with Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. So in the scene in the hospital after the accident when she has a concussion and whatever, she like walks out to the hall and she turns the corner and we can see like Rosalie Carlyle and Edward having a conversation and she overhears them talking about how like, why didn't you just like let her die? We can't afford her to like know about us whatever this was so unrealistic the collins would never be overheard (laughs) having this kind of conversation because they can number one edward can read their thoughts so rosalie would just like project these thoughts at him she would not be saying this out loud number two Mm -hmm. if they do need to say things they can literally speak at a volume that is inaudible to human ears they would not be so careless as to just like (laughs) vampire shouting about these things it would never happen very nitpicky. Yes, another another nitpicky thing I have. Alice's hair, which was a big thing back in the day. I remember like people tried to recreate it. There was YouTube tutorials. Um, Alice is meant to be like really fashionable, and then I was watching the movie and I was like, okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Alice's hair. Does- I mean, it came out in two thousand and eight. Yeah. Do you remember what was fashionable? Because I don't. I do, but only bad things. <laughs> I think she was, because I'm thinking of, like, Gossip Girl, and they kind of dress like that. Uh, I think they did. Okay. It was all bad. Anyway, Alice's hair does not make sense for her backstory. She's described as having, like, a pixie cut. Like, it's very short, and it's very spiky. They gave her this weird, like, bob that's sticking out at the ends with, like, a fringe she like was in a psychiatric hospital as a human she probably she had electroshock therapy they shaved off of her hair it wouldn't grow into that shape that's not what it's supposed to look like and vampire hair does not grow so unrealistic (laughs) does not make sense Mm -hmm. we haven't oh yeah so this is kind of in defense of bella the character in the book um people have often talked about how she has no personality i would argue that she has much more of a personality in the books and that this is lost in translation to the screen um Mm. one thing that i didn't like that they made it's it seems like a small change but it makes a big difference is in the movie he just tells her that he's a mind reader he's like i heard their thoughts uh, in the book, she like figures it out herself, and then she's like, "So hypothetically, let's assume that someone was a mind reader, um, and theoretically, what would they, whatever." <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't like this change. It's it, it, you're taking away what little agency she has, but like uh, she that you're taking away her powers of observation and her intelligence in that mm-hmm. she's she's able to come to this conclusion herself in the book didn't like it um also again in the hospital in the hospital when edward is like that didn't happen you're imagining things her stubbornness in the book 
feels very different from in the movie like in the book in the movie she kind of seems confused and she's like no no that's not what happened whatever in the book she's so determined she's so like she really believes in herself and her perception of things and she's like will not let him tell her and tell her otherwise it's kind of it, it, i like it it's it, she's like no i know that's not what happened i'm not planning to tell anybody but i trust myself and i know what i saw it's like this this inner strength that I don't think comes across in the in the movie. Um, and finally, she's much funnier in the book. There's like a, a scene where Edward first yes. dates over, and he's like, "Is it breakfast time?" And she's like, "Okay," and she like presents her neck to me. <laughs> she's funny. She I makes think they jokes. Try to tell us in the movie that she's funny, like mm. when she first shows up at the school and she. Like the conversations that she's having with the, like the like her group of friends, and they like treat her like she's really funny, but she's not actually saying anything that the viewer would find funny. So it's just yeah, it's weird. Weird. Yeah. But, and oh yeah, and also yeah. when Mike when Mike tells Bella like I don't I don't you and Colin I don't like it like in the movie she just like stares at him she's like okay but in the book she's like you don't have to like fuck you. Uh, yeah, except she doesn't swear because Mormons don't swear, I guess. Speaking of Mormons, Stephanie yeah. Mayer is in it. She is. She has a cameo. She's ordering a veggie burger. I didn't notice. Yes. I, why doesn't she ever talk? Because I think, I don't know if the, it's the only time she shows up, but at the wedding she shows up again. And it's only for a second. But like in all of her cameos, she doesn't speak. And especially in this one's earlier because... The waiter, the waiter is like, here's your food. And she doesn't say thank you or anything. She just kind of sits there and smiles. Like, wow, okay. that's, so, that's so rude, Stephanie. Say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. I have one final nitpicky thing. Um, in the garage, when they're like getting ready to go to Arizona, Jasper like announces to Emmett and like the others, like, we'll turn them about and, uh, apart and burn the pieces they know that's how you kill a vampire they know how, that's how it works i know you're like teaching the audience but it doesn't make sense if he was explaining it to bella like this is how you kill a vampire which is what happens in the book that would make sense but why would jasper announce this to his family members who already fucking know? know do they know though yes they do know it read to me because i don't remember anything about the books that like because of Jasper's past, because he's like the newest one. That's true. And he seems and he's... like he comes from somewhere different than when the, where the rest of them come from. So I just thought like because of like his life experience, he knows how to kill a vampire. Because like, what reason do the Cullens have to be killing vampires? They're just well, like a small family that lives around. No, Carlisle moved around a lot, and he lived with the Volturi for a while, so he definitely knows about the vampire world and its rules, and also. Carlyle tried to kill himself a lot, so he definitely knows what doesn't doesn't work. So, and he would have shared okay. this information with his family. Sure. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go into some other stuff. Do you want to do some analysis? Do you want to do some IMDb fun facts? <laughs> okay, we can do some analysis before we get into fun facts. All right. Um, what are some themes? Oh. Romance, death vampires <laughs> well what about them what about vampires yeah let's talk about vampires in twilight because people so, do not like them yes 
basically twilight vampire mythology is a little different than your run-of-the-mill regular vampire mythology because they glitter in sunlight and so people would see that and see that it's unnatural um and would know like oh there's something wrong with them which maybe in the olden days it would have been weird but now it's just like this person just wears body glitter Mm, like just dress really gay and people just think that you're wearing body glitter i feel like you could definitely pull it off again again i think this is something that was lost in translation from book to movie because in the movie he very much just looks like he has some body glitter on he just sparkles in the book (laughs) like vampire flesh is literally like a crystal uh, it's not just it's not just like a little shimmer it's like super sparkly all over the place when Bella first sees Edward step into sunlight she thinks he's on fire because it's so bright so I'm yes. not yeah so understandable that people would freak out and it's implied that this is where like the myth comes from like you see someone step into sunlight and like literally burst into flames you're like what the fuck um although another gripe i have here with the movie is okay so one thing about the movie i think one reason why it seems especially cringy like all of the like dialogue surrounding the revelation is that in the book it happens like gradually over time like they have this conversation then like she finds out more about vampires gradually blah 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 then Mm -hmm. later on she sees him in sunlight like this all happens over time so it's not uh, but in the movie like she they just take like the most dramatic and cringy lines and mush them all together so it's literally just edward having a breakdown and being a drama queen and like jumping around like i'm dangerous i'm a monster blah 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 <laughs> and then we get to the scene where he steps into sunlight and says this is the skin of the killer of the killer bella yeah yeah and it's specifically he's stepping into sunlight to try to scare her away which doesn't make any sense and in the book that's not what he's doing like he's trying to scare her away in general he's like i want to kill you you shouldn't hang out with me but the sunlight is like a different thing he's just like i want to show you what happens when i go into the sunlight but he doesn't imply that this would scare her it's weird Mm. it also doesn't seem like he's trying that hard to scare her in the movies at least he's just kind of being a little bit of a dick sometimes well i guess yeah (laughs) He does he does just seem like like an emo kid most of the time rather than an actual danger, danger. to anyone. Yeah. Uh but anyway, sorry, go back to vampires. Oh. What else? Oh is yeah. Present? They're like they have super speed and super strength. They're like superheroes with the glittery mm-hmm. body glitter bodies. What else is so, there? they have along with the super speed they have like enhanced abilities like whatever you were good at as a human you're super good at as a vampire so edward was already good at like picking up on people's thoughts so now he's a literal mind reader um alice was already psychic as a human which is why she was in asylum blah 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 and then my favorite is rosalie who is really hot as a human and now she's (laughs) even hotter as a vampire I fucking love Rosalie. Yeah. <laughs> She's an amazing character. Um, then, yeah. I well, did want to mention that one thing I liked about, one thing, I just like this movie because one thing that they mention is that 
Edward is like faster than the rest of them. And I just thought it was like a nice detail that they threw in. Like they're all like they're all super enhanced and stuff, but there's still like differences between people and their skills. It's not like this one thing that is a vampire. Like there's still differences between them individual to individual, which I just thought was nice. It's a nice yeah. detail. And it's then, a great movie. Sure. And then another thing. <laughs> which Edward touches on where he's like everything about me draws you in like they're meant to be very appealing to humans so they're like becoming a vampire automatically makes you hotter and it's very Mm -hmm. funny to me because occasionally like in the books a new vampire is introduced and Belle is like oh he just looks normal he's quite plain looking so basically this (laughs) is them being like oh he was really ugly as a human so like even the vampirism couldn't fix it (laughs) um yes also notably the vampire venom turns everyone's skin white in the book this is not the case in the movie true yeah one of the evil vampires is a black person did they mention that in the book i don't remember so in the book i remember him being described as having olive toned skin which is as dark as vampire skin can be in the book okay interesting so, even like in breaking dawn we meet some more black vampires but their skin is still white in the book because it was whitened when they were turned into vampires um yes oh and i had this has been like documented people have probably heard about it but stephanie meyer was not happy about people who weren't white being cast in these movies yes even though they're literally like in the background um so what do you what do you think about the like the criticism that these vampires are not really vampires? I think you can make up whatever you want about mythological creatures and people have to get over it. Yeah. You can like build on whatever ideas and take whatever from past tradition. You can make stuff up. They're mythical creatures. They're not going to get mad at you for lying about their culture or whatever. So it's fine. I think it's kind of a ship of Theseus moment where you can like, you can tweak it all you want, but it comes a point where you change it so much that it's like, like, when does it stop being a vampire if you change it so much? Like, I guess. So I don't think there's any particular set rules, but it's just a case of like, I don't know, there's a core element that's kind of hard to pin down that makes up like the vampirism Mm, I feel like it's I was going to say it's having fangs and drinking blood but there are vampires that don't drink blood they're like Mm -hmm. suck people's souls and stuff so I don't think you can even like that's what I I mean so I don't think there's any one rule that we can say this is the definitive rule to being a vampire but I do think there is a general vibe Um, Yes, my main problem with the Twilight Vampires is not that they sparkle. So first of all, Burning in Sunlight was never like an original vampire myth in like, at least in European folklore. It wasn't a thing like they're just dead during the day. So they stay in the coffin and you don't see them during the day and night, but they don't burst into flame. As far as I know, that kind of comes from Nosferatu, the movie, like it's not even a thing in Dracula. My main issues are, number one, they're just not goth enough. And number two, they're not sexy enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I'm going to disagree with you. A couple of the Cullens were sexy enough for me. No, when I say sexy, I don't mean not attractive. Like, the Collins are all supposed to be super attractive, and they do technically have sex, but there's just no eroticism. (laughs) And vampires are very erotic, by definition. Okay. What do you mean by that? Do you know do you know some vampires personally? I do, yeah. Yeah. I, I have I've met vampires and they're all very horny. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard of vampires being well, not never. I don't really hear about vampires being horny. I feel like you're making that up. Literally any vampire movie. No. Yeah, like okay, interview with the vampire. They don't have sex, like they're incapable of getting hard and having penetrative sex, but Which blood doesn't make any sense, but Anne Rice has issues. Blood drinking is erotic to them. That is how they have sex with each other. Uh, okay. yeah. The Lost Boys is all about him being really gay and being drawn to these vampires in a gay way. Um, <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola is the horniest movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yes. But so. I think most of the horniness in Twilight is from Bella. So there, I guess there was just no room to make yeah, exactly. the vampires horny because her horniness was taking up all the space. Yeah, and I do, I do really like this about Bella. I think it is very inspiring. And mm-hmm. people make fun of her for like the scene where he's like, I've killed people. And she's like, it doesn't matter. But I think that is very relatable. I think if someone really yeah. hot was talking to me and they were like, I've killed people, I want to kill you, I'd be like, that's so hot. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so horny. We'll get to that in Breaking Dawn. But yeah, it's inspiring <laughs> to young people everywhere. But even in this, I think like when she finds out that he's a vampire, she's like immediately horny, which I have to commend her for I think people don't talk about it enough because it's been here from the start. Like people talk about it a lot in like Breaking Dawn, but like immediately when she finds out he's a vampire, she's like, I, we need to have sex. And I agree with her. I don't care if you kill me, it's gonna happen. (laughs) Do you want to address any of the common criticism of Twilight and what do we think about it? So in terms of like its gender roles and creepiness and stuff that it is promoting to teenagers. No, I don't know. I don't know what I have to say to that. What do you do? You want to critique anything? Um. So here I would say again that I think, at least in the book, it is somewhat exaggerated. Like I think it is true that Bella is powerless compared to the vampires and werewolves because they are literal like mythical creatures with superpowers, but even though she's physically powerless, it does, like, it makes a point of her being, like, standing up for herself and saying when she doesn't agree with things and she doesn't want to go away with, uh, go along with things. And even in this, in this movie, we see her, like, she's with a person who can see the future, but she manages to evade her and, like, do her own thing. It happens to be very stupid, but (laughs) it is, she is, like, doing what she wants. So I think it's somewhat exaggerated. Yeah, um, I think especially because I, I think after watching the first Twilight movie, I watched the first movie and then I read all the books, and so the books kind of colored my perception of the subsequent movies. Like as I wa- was watching them, I was thinking about like 
her character in the book. So when people were talking about how like powerless she was, it didn't really make sense to me because I was already like overriding what was happening in the movies with my own perceptions of the characters and of Bella. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, That said, there are definitely like very conservative ideals at play in these movies and books. And okay, in terms of like, I hate like, so this is a movie aimed at teenagers and there is this tendency in like young adult fiction and like teen movies of being like, if you portray something, you are teaching kids that this is like the right thing to do. And this is definitely not the case all the time. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Mm, I, I get why you would be like, so for example, let's take an example of like an unhealthy relationship in a movie for adults. Um, such as Phantom Thread, which is a very fun and sexy movie, which also yes. promotes poisoning your husband. Um, yes. But because this is a movie for adults and we're all smart people, we can be like, yeah, this is fun and sexy. You know, is it healthy? Probably not, but that's fine. Will I still do it? Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> um, but like teenagers, I guess, aren't adults <laughs> so I understand why you might be more cautious and you might be like they might not think about this so much they might especially because that is what they're used to there is a tendency to portray things as like this is what the character is doing this is what you should be like and then because that's what they're used to they're going to go along with that and they're going to be like oh I guess this is showing this as the right thing to do whatever I don't know I feel like there is a gray area that we can find um yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of creepiness, we already touched on this, but the creepiness is mostly that he's like way older than her, I think, more so than him being a vampire. And also, he's very annoying about it. And I would rather he just be creepy about it like a normal person. Yeah. And also, that he watched her sleep for a while. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, he's like, oh, I feel bad about it, but I'm still going to do it. Like, shut up. Just do it. Just be evil. Yeah. Um,. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about it, except it's definitely, like, not the most unhealthy relationship that I've seen in media geared towards teenagers. So, oh, absolutely. Like, there's definitely worse. It's not that bad. <laughs> so that's our take on it. It's not that bad. Yeah. Get over it. People um, on Twitter. Yeah, I would say one thing that really disturbed me about it, especially while I was reading Midnight Sun, is, one, there's this, like feeling of contempt towards people in general I feel like like she really wants us to believe that Bella is this like exceptional person even though she's a very normal human being and that's fine I'm not saying that as a criticism of her like she's completely normal um but she but Edward's perspective keeps like applauding her for this normal human behavior and acting like other people are all really shallow and blah 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 and I feel like that's something that we could maybe be critical of if we're being like what are we teaching teenagers like maybe don't teach them that everyone is super stupid and like to look down on everyone and blah 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 I don't know I don't think it's healthy um are you getting that from the book or more so the movie more more from the book yeah, because I was going to say in the movie, I think like Bella is definitely meant to be one of those I'm not like other girls type of characters, but she herself doesn't 
look down on the people around her who are mm-hmm. like more traditionally feminine or whatever like her I did want to mention like the female friendships in this movie were cool in that like for example when Bella shows up with Edward her two friends her two friends are like um they were looking for prom dresses and they went to dinner after and this is when Bella was gonna buy her book on vampires and um she runs into Edward on the way back to meet up with them everyone in the school has been kind of pining over Edward anyway because he's like this cool mysterious hot guy and when she shows up with him they're like immediately excited for her and like supportive of her and I just thought it was cool because like there was no like not even for a minute was there like jealousy or like why is it her and not me and stuff which I think movies about teenage girls nowadays like to do Uh they do the like I'm not like other girls and also I have contempt for other girls which I didn't see from Bella in this and in in the book it definitely is there like in the book uh because he can read um Jessica's thoughts uh according to Stephanie Meyer Jessica is this horrible person and this whole time she's like oh my god why isn't Edward looking at me why isn't Mike looking at me blah 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 and also there's this contrast he's like oh Angela that's a nice girl she's thinking about homework and it's so ridiculous (laughs) um anyway but I wanted to say another thing that that I really didn't like is like sort of contradictory um, you're supposed to look down on others but also you're supposed to think that you're a horrible person and the only way to be a good person is if you're constantly thinking about how worthless you are and trying to sacrifice yourself for others and blah 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 so there's this contradiction within it and it's just it's so it's so ingrained like throughout the whole book we're taught that the only way to be a nice person is to go on is to really hate yourself um, I think we'll get to this more in New Moon because there's a lot of like self-harming behavior that goes on in that one there's a cat looking to be let into this room one second let her in so yeah i don't know we'll get we'll get to this stuff later on in the series in more depth i think so finally let's talk about mormons a lot about them i know stephanie is one she is um, (laughs) She is very into her Mormonism. She has said time and time again that the most important book in her life that changed her life is the Book of Mormon. Um, oh my god. Yes. But she also is very adamant that her Mormonism did not influence these books. And she's very like defensive when people suggest that it did. Um, I also, I read like an article where Robert Pattinson made fun of people who tried to connect the books to Mormonism and he apparently thought it was nonsense and they were just looking for something to talk about. So very controversial. And yet, (laughs) as anyone will tell you, these are extremely Mormon. Like she never explicitly mentions Mormonism. She like made it a rule to herself that it's never going to be mentioned. And yet there's this, the ideals are very present, subconsciously Mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, Could you tell me how? I mean, I don't know that much about Mormonism, so I think you should Mm -hmm. tell us. 
Okay, so I've read a couple of things about it. I'm very disappointed in myself and the the research or lack of that I did for this episode. I had like whole books that I was going to read on Mormonism. I was going to read the Book of Mormon. It didn't happen. Uh, maybe for next one. And did I did you even watch the musical. I didn't even watch the musical. God. I will at some point because I need it so I can seduce the Mormon missionaries that hang out in town. Um, so as Jana Rice points out, most people when they talk about Mormon influences in Twilight, quote, don't really know what to do with it. Uh, and they tend to focus on like sex and what the, what the books are saying about sex, which is a big topic but not one that we're going to talk about right now because I think that's more for later movies. Okay. Uh, so instead, let me read you a couple of maybe less obvious influences. So this yeah. is from Angela Alace, Mormon Influence and Imagery Run Deep Through Twilight. So number one, the story's teenage heroine, Bella, avoids coffee, tea, alcohol, and tobacco, not unlike the Mormon's wor word of wisdom health code. Bella also advises her father to cut back on steak, much like the Mormon teaching to eat meat and poultry sparingly. Maybe, like, not a big theme, but I don't know, we can maybe see a subconscious bias, like Stephanie's like, I don't want to portray her drinking, whatever. I guess. Anyway, the, the, now it gets more interesting. Um, a crucial Mormon belief is that humans can become divine. In the Twilight series, the Cullen family of vampires was once human, but now lives without death in a resurrected condition. Their immortality is a kind of probationary period for eternal life. Meyer describes the Collins, particularly Edward, as godlike and inhumanly beautiful. And the next one. Mormons believe angels are resurrected beings of flesh and bone. The most familiar is Moroni, who stands high atop Mormon temples, trumpet in hand. The Book of Mormon says Moroni was a 5th century prophet who visited founder Joseph Smith in 1823. Smith described I think it's Moroni. Moroni, whatever. As a radiate, I haven't seen the musical, so <laughs> as a radiating as radiating light and glorious beyond description, Bella describes her vampire boyfriend Edward as an angel whom she can't imagine any more glorious. Edward's skin sparkles in the sunlight, and he visits his, he visits Bella's bedroom at night. But Mormon angels don't have wings. In the Twilight film, Edward sits in the science lab, the outstretched wings of a stuffed white owl just over his shoulders. Any any comments on any of this? No. <laughs> okay. This article also touches on Mormon beliefs about Native Americans, which are very creepy and bad, but we're not really going to talk about these here because it's going to be more relevant in New Moon in Eclipse, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So then another article I read by Jana Rice, Book of Mormon, stories that Steph Meyer tells to me, LDS themes in the Twilight Saga and the host, whatever. Uh, here, uh, I think this person is a Mormon, so keep that in mind. Um, she seems to, instead of having like the Collins be angels, she sort of portrays Bella as a Christ figure, which is interesting. So she says that there's a difference in Mormonism between like immortality and eternal life. Eternal life is like what we all want to aspire towards whatever, but it's not what the Twilight Vampires have. Instead, they're kind of like a portrayal of carnal, sinful human nature. Um, and they're 
which is like in constant conflict with the divine is like the opposite of the divine and we can see edward like fighting against its nature by being a vegetarian blah 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 but it's really when he meets bella and falls in love with her that he's transformed by this love and tries to like make an effort to be a different person blah 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 so she posits this as like the narrative of someone embracing mormonism and achieving div divinity i guess uh, I'm kind of like, there's a lot of stuff here. I'm kind of oversimplifying and condensing everything. I'll put links to all of this in the show notes. And then finally, I read another thing. This was quoted in an article from The Atlantic, but it's by John Granger, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, here there are some, there's some talks about parallels between the vampire mythology in general and Mormonism, and also notably Carlisle Cullen and your man, Joseph Smith. <laughs> <laughs> your man, Joseph Smith, yeah. Yeah, so here he posits that the Volturi, which we'll talk about in New Moon, are kind of like the Roman Catholic Church. Um, <laughs> I know, because they're evil and Italian. <laughs> that seems pretty obvious now you put it like that. Yeah, they wear robes, they hang out in dungeons, they drink blood, all things Catholics do. Um, and I feel like that's completely true now that I'm thinking about right? it. Right? Anyway, yes. Carlisle Collin was also born in the 1660s, which, according to this article, is the same period when historic Mormonism was born in Europe. Um, then, like, he's all, like, heroic, he doesn't kill any humans, blah, blah, blah. blah. Then, in the mid-1800s, he becomes a doctor. Um and this is around the same time that the vision happened and the birth of Mormon beliefs. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's all. Well, like, again, we're going to get into this time and time again throughout the other of the books, but here's like a sneak peek, maybe. And oh, yeah. And he also posits that Leah Clearwater, who we'll get to later, is like a contrast to Bella. So Bella is like the happy Mormon woman versus like the woman who hasn't found Mormonism yeah wow okay cool any any comments any reactions i'm i'm just still thinking about the volturi being the roman catholics because yeah i was also blown away absolutely by right i had, i don't know how i didn't think about that because i isn't the scene in new moon where like they go to the vatican isn't that what's happening do they actually go to the Vatican? Not I don't actually, <laughs> but like I feel like that's what it is. Yeah, like that's what it is. It's the fake Vatican. Actually, fun fact: I've been to the town that the Volturi are supposed to be in. Uh, I didn't find them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Fun times. We will return to this in the in the future episodes that mm -hmm. we do. Oh, I wanted to mention. One thing I love about the reaction to Twilight was those memes they made talking about how Edward was gay for sparkling. And did you see the ones where they were like, they had Lestat and Louis calling him gay? <laughs> what? I know. It's, and then there's some like more self-aware ones as well, where they're like, we adopted a child together and you're still gayer than us because he's <laughs> Um But yeah. Amazing. I love that so much. And for the record, Lestat would love to sparkle. Like, have you met him? Oh, absolutely. Amazing. Okay, let's, let's like wrap up. So let's look at some fun facts. 
<laughs> okay, here's a fun fact from IMDb. Kristen Stewart smiles 35 times during the course of the movie. I love this fact because it's so clear that someone was really annoyed by everyone being like, Kristen Stewart never smiles, that they went back and were like counted and be like, actually, yes, she I, does. Why was every, I think it was just like a Kristen Stewart hate train. Like people were just mm-hmm. shitting on her for no reason. Yeah. Because she was playing a character who was like, not smiley. So why would she smile? Except like anyway. she did, she did smile. <laughs> And Kristen Stewart herself also like was always they always they were all like always like oh she doesn't smile in like photos except she does like there are numerous photos of Kristen Stewart smiling I don't know what you're talking about um, she was just kind of awkward she was like 18 when this movie was made she turned 18 on set so she was an awkward teenager whatever um, I don't like I don't think her performance was great but she didn't have much to work with. I think she did a good job with what she had. Yes. Um, Then Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah, here. A few weeks before filming began, Robert Pattinson didn't talk to anyone to try to feel as isolated as Edward Cullen. I remember seeing, like, pictures of him, like, on set and stuff, and he was just, like, by himself. What a weirdo. I know. I feel like he could have absolutely made that up. Like just like yeah, it's it's a method thing that I'm doing. I also found out that he had to learn to drive for this movie. He didn't know how to drive before it. Cool. Maybe I, I can do a movie and force myself to learn how to drive. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need. Uh, he also had no formal training for his accent. What did you think about his accent? Was he doing one? He was doing an okay, American accent. He is British. <laughs> I mean, I'm not someone who notices accents at all. So we need, I guess he did a good job. We need that hot guy f- that does the Wired videos that accents. You say hot. <laughs> I've never watched one of those, and I'm not inclined to because he's not hot. Okay, if you just look at a picture of him, you're not going to notice how hot he you is. You say you that about to. every single person that you think is hot. I think at some point you just have to accept Whatever. That okay. No, the way he like explains phonetics and the way he's like gets like really into details makes him really hot. So come on to the I podcast. Think you're turned on by people explaining things to you. Maybe I'm a sapiosexual. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't have any thoughts on his accent either. It's like a very basic American accent. I think it's one of those accents that doesn't really exist, but that people do for movies. Like it's too neutral. Yes. But whatever, it's fine. Um, yes. Okay. One thing that people do not talk about enough, in my opinion, is that the director of Twilight, the first movie, uh, her name is Catherine Hardwick, and people do talk about her because they talk about how like it was bullshit that they hired men for the rest of the movies blah 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 but one important detail that we do not mention is that before making twilight she made the nativity story about the birth of jesus is the first movie to premiere in the vatican and it stars oscar isaac as joseph a lot of information just with that one sentence yes it premiered in the vatican yeah, I think it's the first movie to ever premiere in the Vatican. I mean, that's amazing for her. I'm happy for her. Yeah. 
and Oscar Isaac as Joseph was very hot. I don't know if he was supposed to be that hot. It was kind of distracting. I wasn't really thinking about Jesus, but you know. Have you seen it? I did. I watched it. And I like, I, I was sending you messages the whole time and you were telling me to shut up. I don't remember I was that. telling you about how like I shipped the three wise men and then when like Jesus was born I was like why didn't he have an umbilical cord and Oscar Isaac should have bit through the umbilical cord. Oh yes I do remember this. Yes so yeah that's very you interesting. Will learn why, you will learn why biting through umbilical cords is relevant in the in the last few installments of this yes. series. Definitely. Okay finally a very important fact about Twilight was its original release date. Do you know what it was? I do not. Do you want to guess? February the 13th. It was not February the 13th. It was <laughs> November 21st, 2008. Would you like <laughs> to explain to the listeners why this is relevant? Hmm. I'm guessing it's your birthday? It is, in fact, my birthday yeah. and Carly Rae Jepsen's birthday. <laughs> also, Car- more importantly, it's Carly Rae Jepsen's birthday. Yeah, that's but, fair. That is yeah. more important. But yes, <laughs> so clearly this was meant as a gift to me. Okay. Uh, finally, I wanted to say that the movies, in my opinion, definitely do go downhill from here. Yes, so, absolutely. So this really has been the a good start and things are going to get worse from here i think it's like uh, a dip and then it goes back up i think the last two are pretty good are they or me i don't know if they're good i think i was just excited about breaking them. dawn does have lee pace in it so <laughs> yes i was talking more about the plot but sure that's not important lee pace also uh, Are we going to do that vampire quiz? Yes. So to wrap up, I have here a book. It is called The Vampire Is Just Not That Into You. It, it is by Vlad Mezrich, who is a very real person and not a pen name. Um, <laughs> it was released in 2009 and I found it in deals for one euro and 50 cents. Nice. So this features several quizzes about dating vampires. Let me read you the titles and you can say which one you would prefer to do. Okay. So, finding you can the... do the rest of them at different installments. Yeah. So the, we have one that's called "Finding the Vampire Who's Right for You." We have one who that is called "Are You Really the Kind of Girl He Wants to Sink His Fangs Into?" I should mention this is like assuming that the reader's a straight girl. Um, right. And then the last one is, "Are You Addicted to Dating the Undead?" <laughs> which one would you like to do let's start with the first one okay so um as as we're doing this please write down like how many a's and b's and c's you're oh, giving me and listeners please do it with us and let us know your answer okay I'm ready. all right so number one you'll swoon on the first date if he a Saves you from being crushed by a truck, then thwarts your would-be murderers in a dark alley. B. Abducts you from a Transylvanian town. (laughs) C. Skips the preliminaries and goes straight for your heart. And tell me what your answer is as well. Like, write it down and tell me because I want to know. I'm going to say C because I don't know what it means, but it sounds exciting. 
Okay. Number two, what's his signature style? A, you think he's an Abercrombie guy, but honestly, you're usually too busy staring at the glory of his face to notice what he's wearing. Mostly capes and tight-fitting suits. On special occasions, he shows up as a bat. <laughs> Your feral mountain man is too rugged to think about clothes. He barely remembers to wear shoes. That's B for me. Oh, definitely, yeah. I love capes and I love bats. Okay. Three. Your preferred pet name is my unbearably fragile human love. Leave me. No, stay. <laughs> B. Fleur de mort. C. Lunch. I'm going to say B for that one as well. Okay. Because pet names in a different language is cute. Okay. Number four. Things are getting kind of steamy. He kisses you passionately and... A. Pushes you away in a burst of superhuman self-restraint. The smell of your blood is just too intoxicating. B. Runs his fangs along your neck. Fingers crossed, it might be the time for you to become his latest vampire bride. Mm -hmm. C. Rips your throat out. It's okay, though. You've always wanted to die for love. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say A. Sure. Fine. Be boring. <laughs> okay. I don't want to die yet. It seems early. Okay, okay, okay. Number five. His preferred mode of travel is A, an exotic foreign cars, preferably expensive. B, by bat. C, running through the woods really, really fast. <laughs> I'm getting C because that's fun. Okay, six. Five senses just won't hack it. Your ideal undead also has A, mind reading skills. B, the ability to fly. C, an uncanny way of always knowing exactly where you are. Um, B, right. because the vampires and creature could fly, and that's cool. That's the reason? Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, number seven. His future plans for you include, A, you getting wrinkly while he remains your hot young thing. Yeah. B, it's eternity. You're joining him in unholy marriage, along with his 12 other undead brides. C. Strangely, he keeps saying you don't have a future. <laughs> I'm going to pick C because the other two are weird. So what, what is your answer? Is it mostly A's, B's, or C's? It's mostly B's. Okay. I'm going to read Wait, all hold on, hold on, hold on. It's equal B's and equal C's. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm going to read all the answers so our listeners can tell us what theirs was. Okay. So, if you answered mostly A's, you have an Edward on your hands. He'll raise your pulse, but his emo ways will also make your head spin. He'll push you away, but his yearning eyes will pull you back again. He'll leave you for your own good and then come back the second you start to get over him. It's exhausting, but you know you love it. Okay, now, if you answered mostly B's, the bachelor behind Coffin B is Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> Putting the prince in Prince of Darkness, Vlad the Impaler types tend to be descended from Transylvanian nobility. 
Mm. They're proud of their heritage. So everything about them is old school, from their silk-lined coffins to their silk-lined capes. Play hard to get if you want this vampire. Try wearing a flimsy robe on the nearest moonlit balcony. He'll eat you up. Nice. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to see which, which vampire I like best. All right, okay. He's number one at the moment, so yeah. we'll see. If you answered mostly C's, admit it. You're drawn to bad boys like James. <laughs> a James type is rough and ready, the kind of guy who would ride a motorcycle if he couldn't already outrun it. He mm. isn't that charming and he isn't that hot, but he'll track you to the ends of the earth if you catch his interest. Just make sure you play it cool. The guy will rip your heart out if you let him. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Vlad the Impaler. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's the correct. Obviously. Yeah. So it is, yeah, there are 12 other brides, but I think you can make it work. Also, I'd rather be with a prince than like a random bad boy who's James. That's so Isn't boring. It, I think it's meant to be James from Twilight because that's why he's tracking you down to the ends of the earth. Oh, I hated James anyway. So I thought there was gonna uh, when I was reading the answers for C, I was thought it was gonna be the guy from the Lost Boys because it's like the same vibe. But I think a lot of vampires have that vibe. I know, but like that way, at least it's referencing three different vampire media instead of just two. So let's wrap up. Casey, if people All like right. this podcast and want to give us money, what can they do? You can find us on patreon.com slash Sam and Casey. Yes. What if they want access to show notes or transcripts or older episodes? <laughs> You can find those things at salmoncaseysmovieclub.wordpress.com. If they want to email us, they can email us at salmoncaseysmovieclub at gmail.com. Um, we're also on Twitter at salmoncaseypod. You can find me at caseynosa. And me at Cosmic Jellies. And if you wanted to send us hate mail anonymously, we even have a curious cat. Uh, or you can leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, please leave us a review on iTunes or just rate us. You can say whatever you want, but <laughs> we just want the attention. Yes. So thank you for listening and until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>